0: Cotney Attorneys and Consultants is dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal, business, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law & Mortar with John Kenney and Trent Cotney.
1: Welcome everybody to another episode of Law & Mortar. I am Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants, and as always, my partner in crime, John Kenny, the man, the myth, the legend, John. How are you, man?
0: Doing good. It's been a busy, busy week. Well, we're here I welcome everybody to another round of law order.
1: yep yep so we had a huge event this week um and i got a kudos to you john and your team it was absolutely amazing um, for those of you that weren't following our social media and missed out on it we had a simultaneous event going where we had um, some manufacturers here with boost in our training center um, and then at the same time we had some live uh webinars and interviews and presentations going. It was pretty incredible. And I'll be honest, I was, I was kind of worried. I was like, is this gonna how's this gonna turn out? Turned out amazing, absolutely amazing. So, John, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about it and kind of what the replays are gonna look like moving forward?
0: Sure. Yeah, no, uh congrats to my team. They did a fantastic job pulling it off. So, yes, here in the live training center, we had uh, virtual we had a real booth set up Uh, manufacturers here doing training was limited uh, invitation to this event that why that was going on at the same time we had a live virtual event where manufacturers were joining in from other parts of the country where they were located and they were also doing their product demonstrations and we had a very large steady stream of uh, participants on the virtual so they could log in and out as they wanted to with it, but most people steadily stayed on. So it was a very good event. At the same time, I had the uh, pre-taped interviews that i have been doing for the prior week with a lot of different industry people. Um, we'll, we'll be getting them out there. So it's too many for me to list, but I can tell you um, if you missed them, you'll get the full replay. I'm gonna start sending them out on social media next week. And I'll also do an introductory social media posts where you can see where they're all located in case you want to go look at them all at one time. We're also going to take the virtual training that was done and segment that out into the sections of the training. So anyone who missed the virtual training can go, if you were here live or you weren't able to get on, you can actually go pick up the virtual training. So all this will be coming next week, how you can access all of that.
1: Yeah. And, and so you guys know, you know, this is not interviews with bob the cleanup guy this these are you know industry leaders cream of the crop you know the who's who of uh important people
0: it's international we have international and
1: not just not just the states but uh canada internationally as well so So this is your
0: drum roll this is your build up if you didn't see it you're going to want to watch these
1: interviews yeah yeah i was you know i was really surprised at some of the frankness and some of the conversations it was really good You know, some of the interviews kind of let their hair down a little bit, and we got a a inside look at some things. So definitely recommend you check that out. Also, for anybody that's listening to this, whether you're a contractor, manufacturer, we got a state of the art training center. Um, You know, it is filled with historical, um, you know, signs and other stuff from the industry. Uh, So it's like a museum. Uh, If you've got any interest in using it, you know, reach out to us. We'll, you know, we're, we're not necessarily as concerned about an hourly rate or things like that, but we can work out deals with you and figure out how you can use it. Our key thing, and John, I think i probably speak for both of us is we want to give back to the industry. We want to make sure that, you know, we're promoting workforce development and anything that we can do along those lines to help you guys achieve that, just let us know. So I want to turn on the next couple of things, John. I mean, before I get to that, I want to remind everybody, April 29th, 11 a.m. It is the webinar that you got to see. It's on material shortages, material price increases. John and I are going to talk about it. It will have fresh content in it. I'm going to talk about both Canadian and US stuff. John's going to mention everything from the business side. I'm going to talk about the legal side. I'm going to have fresh contract provisions that nobody has seen. So uh, definitely tune into that. Go to our social media to register. Uh, Last I checked this morning, we were over 200 people that have already registered. So uh, definitely make sure that you check that out now. John, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some things that contractors don't often think about. And just recently over the last couple of weeks, we've had several phone calls from um, contractors that uh, have gotten notifications uh, from, you know, various uh, photo owners that own the copyrights for photos that uh, they took the copyrighted image off the internet and used it on their website. Okay, and it's pretty common, you know, you right click, you save as and you upload it to your you know wherever okay and what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of those photos have embedded security on it and it's pretty easy to find out if you do that and oftentimes you know bad guy lawyers will start sending you notices and usually they're looking for anywhere from you know 500 to 2,000 to to get rid of it so um, it is a big problem it's something that that's real easy to do and a lot of people don't realize that you can get in trouble for it um, you know, so just a, a heads up there, make sure that you are using uh, royalty free images. Uh, there's a lot of websites that have free stock images, things of that nature. Uh, that way it'll protect you from taking those ones that are copywritten. You know, John, any any comments or thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. So from a practical standpoint, if you want to get a photo, there's a lot of free ones out there that you can get. It will tell you it's free stock photo okay to use. Then there's a lot of subscription service. You can sign up for as little as $2.99 a month, $2.99 a month and on up. So yeah, take the extra precaution. One last thing I'll add to that is social media sharing. Always give credit to someone else's photo by resharing their post or giving them kudos saying, I got this photo from so-and-so. That's just good etiquette. It's not necessarily maybe not be copyright infringement, but on a especially on LinkedIn and Facebook, it's good to do that. You'll gain more reputation management type of deal by giving kudos to the people you're taking photos from.
1: So I'm glad you mentioned that, John, you know, the reputation management is always key. You know, one of the things that we also get caught on a lot. I mean, you think, you know, we're, we're focused on, you know, construction defects and liens and, you know, employment issues, that kind of stuff. Well, we had called for all kinds of things. So one of the things we get caught on a lot is, Hey, This person left a bad review for me on, you know, Angie's list or uh, Google or Better Business Bureau, you know, how do I deal with it? And from a legal standpoint, there's a lot of different things that we can do. Obviously, if there's false information in there, that could potentially be defamation. We can send a cease and desist. Um, Sometimes if a lawyer reaches out, then you can negotiate removal of of bad reviews or uh, at least some kind of redaction of it so that it's not as bad um you know from a common sense standpoint you want to make sure that you're actively managing your reputation search yourself search your company okay it's very easy type in your company and then reviews and it'll pop up all your yelp reviews google reviews if you see bad stuff on there you want to respond and you know it's real easy to say you know this person's an idiot they don't know what they're talking about that's not how you should do it. You should always respond from a standpoint of customer service that, you know, thank you for your concern. If you contact us, we're happy to help you. You know, we appreciate, you know, that you brought this to our attention. We look forward to hearing from you. Something along those lines. So, uh there is an art to it. And we've done a, a webinar previously. If you go to our uh, YouTube, you will see a webinar on reputation management that you you can watch there, but John, in your experience on the contractor side, you know, how did you deal with things, you know, if you got you know, bad review or something popped up, you know, what did you do about that when that uh, happened?
0: Well, you know, a lot of times you're bad. So there's a couple ways with the bad review. Sometimes you're going to get, I call them fake bad reviews, which could come from a competitor that could come from, especially on the electronic world we're on. So that you want to immediately reply. Whenever you can reply to a bad review that's on electronic as the business person it will help give you credibility to fight to pull it off. Plus people will see that you cared enough to reply to it. It could be as simple as, hey, my records don't show that you were ever a customer. We're not aware of that. Please give us some information to reach out. We're more than willing to help, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of times you'll find out that if it is a real customer, the key goes back to your operational proceed, you know, your operational in your company itself. Usually a person that's a real customer will not be pissed off enough in the New Jersey language, aggravated enough to go ahead and write a bad review on you unless they've been ignored by someone in your company or a process that doesn't have a proper procedure in place to handle a client complaint. So I would say go back and look at what's happening with your phones are answered, someone sending an email, where are they going? What happens if a client has a problem? Do you have a procedure in place to accelerate that up to the proper person to you know, handle it? That's usually what I find. Usually a real customer doesn't go right to the Google review or right there to complain. It's usually lost because you didn't follow up in your own business.
1: Right, right. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, um, you know, generally any kind of dispute can be properly be managed through managing your customer's expectations. So um, that's sage advice and that's something that we advocate here on the legal side as well. So John, we talked about a lot of things, as you know, we always like to end with a question. So uh, we've got a very interesting question today. Uh, It is from Jacqueline and Jacqueline has an immigration-related question. Okay, she says that uh, she has received the proper paperwork from one of her crew members. Uh, It appears okay, but she is concerned that it may be fake. What should she do? Okay, now, obviously, John and I could both talk about this for an hour, so I'm just going to keep it high level and simple. Okay. There are certain requirements that you've got to do. Uh, obviously, you've got to take an I-9 in, right, and you've got to have backup documentation that kind of talks about, you know, um, uh, certain required documentation that evidences that. Um, if that documentation is presented to you and you don't have any reason to believe that it is fake, then to a certain extent, you have to accept what it is. Now, if for some reason you get notification that there's a, so- a Social Security mismatch letter, or let's say you e-verify and it gets kicked back uh, then you have the ability to go back to that person and say hey we got a problem can you correct this problem okay and it's a lot more nuanced than what i'm telling you here there's a lot of different things to do um, as far as that goes but uh, recognize that this is an issue Uh, we understand construction we understand how it works but it's definitely something that you want to watch out for john what are what are your thoughts on that in general
0: yeah, I mean, I always, you know, took sound advice from the legal side when I was on the opposite side of which what you said. Um, your your duty is a kind of you have to review it, you look at it, you really cannot question the person. You know, if you're supposed to take it at the face value that it looks like a real document. And if it appears to be everything that it's supposed to be, and you hire that way and you're not e-verifying or, you know, you're just doing it the normal way with the I-9 then you file it, you hire, you move on. And then I have seen it where the social security, you will get a letter and that's where it kicks into where you have a procedural to go through. So yeah, I've always taken, that's more legal, but I can tell you, I've always taken our legal count. When I was on the other side, it would it you Trent, legal counsel on that and that's how we handled it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's the kind of thing is, you know, once you get one of those mismatched letters or notification that it's wrong, that puts the duty on you then, right? So you're allowed to take stuff at face value to a certain extent, uh, but once you find out that that's not the case, then you have a duty to act, okay? Just remember that that's the key thing. Um, so th- with that, John, uh, we're going to end this episode of Law & Mortar. As always, if you guys have questions for, for us on anything, uh, we will answer it. It takes us time, but we'll get to every single one of them. You can reach me at TrentCottney, tcottney at cottneycl.com. John, how can they get
0: you that's John Kenny. That's J Kenny at cottonycl.com.
1: Great, great. Well, stay tuned next week for another episode of Lawnmower.
0: See you next week.